Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about exotic catalysts. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. I might be live right now. Come on into my channel and hang out with us. And twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, you can always click the follow button. That way you don't miss these talks if you'd like to be a part of them. We are going to be rehearsing a little bit some of the conversation, I'm sure, about exotic catalysts. Why are they not on armor? Where are the missing ones? Are they going to do future catalysts? I'm sure some of that's going to come up in this talk. I basically said that I don't think it's going to be a consistent thing. It felt like a bit of a uh, band-aid at the time. So, first question is coming in from Razor. How do you feel about the Destiny 2 state so far? Like, I have everything on the game. Uh, was farming for the Redricks, already got it, now I feel no motivation to play Destiny. The content is dying fast. Well, you have to understand where you're sitting. You're sitting the furthest away from new content. Um, you know, the, the, the next injection for the season pass is next month. So you're 30 days, you know, roughly 30 days away from that. Even though they said they're, they're, they're moving towards no droughts, there's not a whole lot they can do about the fact that you are going to get to a ceiling. Every video game has a ceiling. Uh, Borderlands, Diablo 2, even The Division when it comes out, Anthem. There's always going to be that ceiling that you get to, and when you get there, taking a break is completely fine. You know, saying that the content is dying fast, I mean, I think sometimes we look at things the wrong way. You are just now to the point where you don't have anything to do. It is February the 7th. Forsaken came out in September, and the annual pass started in December. So you're, you know, you got all of December, all of, and all of January out of the forge because they well they trickled stuff out obviously they kind of kept things going crimson days hasn't happened yet as someone in chat's being good to point out so I, I think there's i think there's always room for breaks but i think there's also room for just admitting that sometimes you're going to get to the point where you're like there's not anything for me to do right now this is why i happen to think that the division and anthem will be very good complementary games to destiny because the drip feed will feel more substantive when you come back from breaks if you've not played destiny for an entire month and then you come back when they kick off joker's wild or penumbra you're going to feel like there's there's this there's this freshness there's this oh there's things to do and things to chase that's how drip feed content's supposed to work i don't think when they envisioned doing drip feed content they envisioned you playing like a hobbyist every day and every week for forever there's always going to be those moments where I'm kind of getting there myself. I'm like, there's not much to do right now. I'm grinding for a ringing nail roll. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm running out of things to chase, and that's totally fine. I play far more than the rest of you. And there's still things I don't have. I could chase the Anarchy and Scourge of the Past if I really wanted. There's Catalyst on the Telesto and the Sleeper I could chase each week. Those are limited, obviously, but still. When players get to a point where they run out of things to chase and do... I think we have a misunderstanding of that being automatically bad. I think it's healthy and normal for you to say, eh, I'll take a break. You know that rhythmically things are coming back, rhythmically things are being added to do. In the past, the problem was, you would get where you are right now a whole lot faster. Warmind and Curse came out, and you where you are right now, you would get there in like two weeks, maybe three they spaced out the forge grind in in 
in Curse of Osiris, but even still, it took like maybe two or three weeks, at the most a month, for a really casual player to be like, there's nothing left for me to do. They're getting a lot more out of their, I feel like they're getting a lot more out of their capital now because of the way they have the content structured. People are like, well, it's artificial, they're time-gating stuff. Trickling out the release of, of certain items and quests, I think is totally fine. I, they have to do something to keep you from burning through the content, you know, day one. And acting acting like that is a, uh, that's like an automatic problem. I don't necessarily jive with that conclusion. I think there's plenty of room for them to space things out. So... Uh, next question from Brostafa says with Catalyst being for exotics do you think they should also allow mods to be attached again I feel like it was a bit of a, of a band-aid I don't think they're going to dig in and iterate anymore on you changing exotics with a Catalyst or a mod we can't even put shaders on them for crying out loud um, I'm sorry the guns you can put shaders on the uh, on the exotic uh, armor, but you can't put shaders on the guns. Now that's fine. I, I think guns have a have a more clear identity, and they want you to be able to make your armor match. And I think that's a good that's a, that's a good change is to let us match our armor. But I don't think they're going to dig in on letting you modify exotics and add mods and stuff. I think that could start to get really problematic. You could really take some of the weapons into you know an absurd, an absurd and uh. I call it the theater of the absurd, where the stuff is just so strong. It's like, why would I use anything else? I wouldn't mind mods, though. Mods aren't that influential. Sure, they're not. But again, I don't think they're. That's why I don't think they're going to do catalysts on the armor. There's, 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 there's armor in the game. Exotic armor is so strong already. What are you going to put on shards of Galanor? Well, they've weakened shards. I'm switched back to an Ophidia space build. Um, I'm about to change all my habits with just constantly doing knife trick feeding my super with hands-on on my helmet which I do have hands-on okay excellent so Wolfhouse says do you think based on how Anthem does legendaries that it might have some effect on future exotics in Destiny um no I don't think that Destiny is going to start borrowing from min-maxing games uh, I mean there are set bonuses in Division there are there you know there are set bonuses in Diablo and then there's the, you know, the legendaries in Anthem have flavor text and things about them that make them unique. And you can keep farming for the right version or crafting the right version that you want. I don't think they're going to say, oh, we need to completely change the way we do exotics. That's not a thing that has ever happened in Destiny. I don't feel like they've ever looked at another game and said, we need to change how our loot system works. A lot of this stuff is just is just firmly established. Exotics are exotic, and then that's it. That's what you get. Now, they do random rolls on the armor pieces because that's kind of necessary with the way they updated the armor system. And that's why glass needles, you know, would really be... Uh, we would really want to see that come back to, to allow for that customization and that intentionality. Chris 66 Can you get the catalyst for Coldheart and regular striker? Or does it have to be a nightfall? I don't know where I got mine. I was, I was, I think I was in a nightfall when I got it. But I think it just drops from regular strikes. I don't think you have to do... I don't think there's any catalysts that drop from nightfalls. I think it's just strikes. I, but I happen to be in a nightfall when I got mine because the uh, just the nature of the grind made more sense to be in a nightfall. Um, whoops. The, the I was going for like a war... I think I was going for a warden's law, uh, actually. 
which I still I still would like to get a I still would like to get a warden's law that is more like the curated but with feeding frenzy. I would love to get ranged masterwork and have uh accurized rounds on there for an insane amount of range along with feeding frenzy rampage. It's it's kind of a unicorn. I, you know, that build's probably pretty hard to get. Um but even though it's hard to get, I think it'd be a fun build to get. I'm trying to see how fast I can get my super back with Ophidia Spath since they hurt shards so bad. Um, I hate shards now. It's super inconsistent. I love being able to use it on a big mob of ads and getting like 50 to 60% of my super back. Now I use it on a big mob of ads and I'm lucky to get like 20%. Um, so, Ophidia Spath is really nice um, with with the constant flow of nitric and then a hands-on helmet. Um, I was just kind of testing some things with different builds. Clay, uh, Clay Rota Derp says, do you think it's fair to compare the amount of content Anthem will have uh, at release to D2, which is going on at sixth piece of DLC? Cause I feel it's not a fair comparison. I don't know in which way you think it's not fair. I mean, are you, if you're trying to say that, you know, Destiny has way more. I mean, we don't know the length and the we don't know the length and breadth of the content in Anthem. Also, Anthem launches on February 22nd and then the following month, March, they're planning to do a bunch of stuff when I look at the calendar. So I I mean the the comparing any game at launch. I mean, D2 at launch, D2 vanilla had great quantity but no depth. There was tons to do. If you just went through and did every adventure, every lost sector on every planet, I mean, you, that was uh, that was not a fast grind. That that took a while. And then on top of that, you did have the you had the strikes, you had the the nightfalls, you know, you had um, a lot of different things. But it was all it, there was no reason to do really any of it. Any of it. I mean, you could just basically farm pubs and get legendaries. And once you got a legendary, you were done. So a lot of people are looking at Anthem like a Destiny player and they're like, oh, there's only three strongholds at launch and there's um, there's only three strongholds at launch and because there's only three strongholds at launch and, and no raid, people are making assumptions about the depth of the endgame because they're thinking like a Destiny player. I'm going to have to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a talk on this because, listen, Destiny's endgame basically undercuts the rest of the game you get to the end game and and the rest of destiny doesn't matter to you public events adventures lost sectors all of it stops mattering to you like on a dime and that's different in anthem anthem always brings the game with you with the difficulty spectrum because you can just increase the difficulty and uh, that's actually like a really nice helmet hands on and ashes to assets with both special and heavy ammo finder if they ever make heavy ammo finder like not garbage um, so that's just different people are looking at anthem and they think well whenever I get to the end game all that matters is strongholds and the potential of a raid but that's not true the end game of anthem is completely and entirely different there's cataclysms there's contracts there's the strongholds there's you can take free play up to your current your current difficulty level and grind for stuff. So Anthem's going to have I think a broader spectrum of end game than Destiny, but they're completely different games. So the loot grind, the motivation, the incentive, what you're doing, they're so so different. Destiny's sitting on a gold mine with their um they're sitting on a gold mine, I think. 
with their uh, year one loot and all the NPCs. They just need to use them. Spagooty Monster says, what do you think is the best way to introduce new exotic catalysts? Pardon me, I had to sneeze. Uh, and those from faction rallies into the game. Should some be locked behind raids like Sleeper and Telesto, or should they all be accessible to the solo player? I personally think once you get an exotic, you should not have to go into an environment like a raid or a raid layer to get the... I should have made this point in the talk. Because I, I got the exotic, right? Great. You want the catalyst? Go run a six-man raid layer. What? What the frick? No. Why can't I get it? Why can't I buy it from Xur? Why can't I earn it from a strike? Why isn't it just on the gun? And if I do enough things with the gun, I unlock it. You see what I'm saying? I don't like the way they've done the catalyst on both the Telesto and the Sleeper. I'm not a fan of that. Like, that is... That's a weird requirement in the grand scheme of the items in the game. It doesn't make any sense. Now, raid loot makes sense. A 1K Voices Catalyst being in, in the Last Wish raid would make sense because that's where you get it. Acreus Catalyst made sense being in the Leviathan raid. That's uh, like the Acreus was tied to the Leviathan. But Sleeper and Telesto, I mean, they, they don't belong. That doesn't make any sense. I don't like that aspect of it at all. Personally, I think putting catalysts in specific locations is stupid. I think it's just on the gun. You can unlock it if you want. Or you can buy them from Xur and then go through all of the various things needed to be done. It was still, at the end of the day, a band-aid that I don't think they're going to outline and put on other guns. So that's why it's kind of a backburner issue right now. Nobody's really talking about it. Pog me. I feel like Catalyst don't do enough. Example, Legend of Accuracy, you only get a bump to reload and mag size, but it was tested you can shoot faster with reload canceling. I think they should make the guns absolutely broken and worth getting. You don't need to break a gun with a Catalyst. I mean, and you can if you can shoot faster with reload canceling, I mean, obviously when you do things that are not inside the design framework of the game, you're going outside the design framework. People were doing that in Doom's PvP. They were reload canceling and constantly shooting that stupid shotgun. They were, they were, in my mind, they were basically cheating. It just didn't, you know, I don't know if they ever patched that. That was freaking obnoxious. So reload canceling isn't isn't really part of the discussion. I mean, the, the, the Acreus, whether it needs it or not. Now, taking an exotic to the level of quote-unquote being broken because of a catalyst just doesn't seem necessary. Make the exotic really strong and awesome on its own, and then that's the end of the matter. And that's just personally how I feel like they should do it. If you got the Galahorn and they were like, well, if you want wolf pack rounds, you got to do this on top of this, and then do this, and there's RNG. No, the, the Galahorn was amazing out of the box. Vex Mythoclast before it got nerfed, you know, out of the box. So I don't think you take exotics and you're like, they're okay, and now they're broken because you got a catalyst. I don't think that's necessary. Trigger 3388. Do you think Destiny would benefit by adding set bonuses for armor and adding more ways to build your character, like more options, super builds, etc.? I think this has a place only if they start to create environments where that would feel necessary. If I'm min-maxing, then where's the difficulty spectrum? Where's the reason to min-max? Um, would be my question. That's a reason to min-max in Division and in Anthem because of the world tiers, because of the difficulty spectrum. You are you are essentially creating the need while meeting the need. Oh, I'm going to go into the harder difficulties. You create that on your own. You set that difficulty. You ramp that up. 
and then when you do that you meet that need by getting dope gear from those environments and then that's part of the grind and you feel that was a terrible throw you feel stronger because you're going in areas that you previously couldn't run it's like when you do the second and third playthrough of diablo or borderlands you are you are meeting while also creating uh the need and with destiny there's just not a lot of need you're not meeting anything when you do that when you're like oh hey you can you can min max your build now in your armor there's all these elaborate builds that's not like a thing that's really needed in the game right now where are you gonna go where a set bonus would be a game changer now something like it would be awesome though but the the measure of awesome is usually in relation to the measure of impact that a said weapon or build has on the game what are you going to suddenly be doing that you weren't previously able to do what you like shards of galanor before nerf right before pvp whiners ruined a great exotic and a great build i mean what shards changed the, the way that i could play and that's that's why you want that's what power is supposed to do power is supposed to change the way that you play a marginal benefit on a set bonus i mean what's it what's it going to do now if you could do that and then say oh if i min max and i go into io edz or other planets and i get an actual benefit that i feel is necessary because i'm raising the difficulty of that world well that's entirely different then you feel then you initiate the need and you meet the need by having the you know a, a good a good build but again, I think the two things are really, really quite separate, and that's one of the actual problems is that they're, if they dig down in builds and, and different things like that, the question is, would you feel a reason to chase it? And that's why I've said, if you create guns that feel different, even as long as they're as strong as the Breakneck or the Midnight Coup or other pinnacle primaries or other pinnacle secondaries, as long as they are meeting... The, the 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 ceiling that those other weapons meet well then now i think that's all you really need you have to meet the efficiency of top tier weapons and then people would replace them because it would make you feel different it would make you feel fun i feel very different when i run breakneck versus when i run my really nice role on my warden's law or i was using a bow earlier well the bow felt nice why did the bow feel nice the bow felt nice because it was functioning at the efficiency of the other primaries that i could use i didn't feel like i was suddenly trash and so the game felt different it felt fresh and i was happy that i had a really really good role on my bow and i think that's when people can start to realize that we don't need stronger weapons we need variety in the weapons the problem it always becomes how can you add variety and strength and then and maintain pvp balance that's that's usually where the rub is so Johnny always says, do you think you should be able to add mods to exotics? I already answered this question. No, I don't think that that's necessary. Um, I think there are, there are other ways to give us power and I don't think mods to exotics would do much, um, at all. Trepal says, if Forsaken Exotics had Catalyst, how would they change up the exotic? Like if Cerberus had a Catalyst, what would it be? Um... You have to lean into the identity of the weapon. So the Cerberus is like a gut buster. It's a, it's a, it's a barrel stuffer. You know, maybe multi kills, maybe a chain kill reloads it, so you can kind of just like never stop firing. Uh, that would be fun. 
instead of feeling like you have to you you, you know you have to reload you can kind of a, a, a not do that and that wouldn't break pvp would it oh well if you get a multi if you get like what two or three fast kills in a row it reloads the gun that could be kind of cool it's you know don't worry about repeat questions johnny always i don't mind skipping over repeats it's fine i don't expect you guys to monitor every second of chat uh d finall says is it worth it to come back to destiny right now i've been away from destiny 2 since launch I guess I have a lot of main story things to do. I get this question a lot. Um, that's not up to me. That's up to you. You have to decide if it's worth it. You have to look at what the annual pass offers and what Forsaken offers. Forsaken offers a mountain of content grind and really cool items and a great story. And then the annual pass offers a lot of that classic D1 grind where you're chasing specific roles on weapons. Um, now, whether or not those weapons are amazing or, or you know, not, that's up to the player. So, quote unquote, is it worth it to come back now? They've streamlined uh, a decent amount of how you can come back to the game. Like, leveling is a little bit easier now if you're under 600. So that element of the game is in a better place. And that was one of the pain points for folks coming back. There's also tons of loot to chase. So I would think that if you liked D1 and you liked chasing rolls and different weapons, I actually think there's plenty in the game right now for you to do. Evil Clown, if they made exotic catalysts, uh, for armor, would it change the gameplay? Answer this already? No. Uh, another mod question. Do you think it could be it could be a scope of mods for legendary armor like Ada's mods? For example, increase hand cannon loading on gauntlets uh, that have hand cannon loading. Increase scavenger perks ETC. So now you're talking about instead of enhancing perks with enhancement cores, which is an idea that got outlined here, and we've continued to put that idea out, that, I mean, that idea is now in a different form in your question. I think that could work. That, you know, you'd put a mod on to, you know, augment or increase the... You augment or increase the the, the power of the perk. I happen to think enhancing perks with enhancement cores is a better solution. It gets you what you're asking for without it being mod, a mod. What you're doing is you're saying, well, we have Rampage spec, right? We have Dragonfly spec. It makes Dragonfly and Rampage stronger. Why not have mods for armor that do the same thing? I could get behind either, to be honest. I could get behind either. I just think enhancement cores are in the game right now. I feel like they're kind of dumb, and I would love to see them put into a better place. Dan Papa says, with the nerf of shards, could they balance the armor with PvP by using catalyst? So, for example, leave shards how it was, but use a catalyst to restore its power in PvE only. I mean, sure they could do that. I, you know, th- that's that's been the cry from from the beginning is split the freaking game in half. So when people are like, I don't like shards, people are getting too many blade barrages in PvP, you know, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen to my precious weapon. Which is essentially what you know what happened. A really, really great weapon got nerfed into the ground, or a great build got nerfed into the ground because it was you know it was breaking PvP, and you know that's frustrating. I don't, I never like having my my gear tampered with after I've been using it for a while. I don't like that. Um, it just it it feels like you're cheapening. 
you're really cheapening what I what I what I have, and that's I don't know. That's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling to have like a build and and a, and a way of playing that you really like, and then Bungie comes behind you and is like, yeah, that build's not as good anymore, cause you know. PvP. It was like when I finally got the Suros regime. Like I'm having flashbacks to, um, I'm having flashbacks to 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 D1 when I got the Suros regime and it got nerfed. Why? Because of PvP. It was like, oh great, thank you. I'm so happy that I finally got a gun I was chasing and now it's weaker because of PvP whiners. You know, it's just the nature of it. And you know, I'm hard on the PvP crowd, but like that's just that's just it's. It's been four years of this crap. It's been four years of sinking my teeth into an exotic, having a way of playing that I really, really like, or getting something that I enjoy, and watching it get mistreated because it, it breaks PvP. It's like, thank you for punting, since I guess you can't, you know, you can't tweak it in, in one sandbox versus another, so you have, to, you have to make my build weaker. Like, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Nova Warp got gutted too. It's just, they introduced two of the coolest supers to come to Destiny, Blade Barrage and Nova Warp, get nerfed into the ground because, oh, it's ruining PvP. It was like, great, I I guess we'll go back to using other not less interesting builds, you know. Player preference gets absolutely crapped on when you do that, by the way. When you take and you play to the fiddle of PvP. Achievement Raider. What do you consider the difference between artificial grind and actual grind? Um, PvP and now Gambit as well. Yeah, like our, our wonderful God Killer Sleeper got got its aim assist nerfed because of Gambit. Like it's just so irritating. It's not. I'll never. I'll never spin that into a positive. I will never spin that into a positive. They crap on PVE and fun builds in PVE because of Gambit and PvP, and it's irritating. Um, okay, artificial grind versus an actual grind. I think like an actual grind is where there are, there's like a sequence of things that you're doing. So I think the Ada grind is a good example. There's a sequence of things that you're doing. Use the weapon, fill the seeds, get the seeds, go to the forge, right? Then do the forge. I think that's an actual grind. The other reason I think it's an actual grind is you get something for it. You get a tangible benefit. You get a gun that could potentially have a good roll on it, right? Um... And then beyond that, you're 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 doing it in a way where it's understandable how long it's gonna take. An artificial grind is when it's like it's almost like you're just running errands to get something that's marginally helpful. Uh, enhancement cores is an artificial grind. It's stupid. You have to get fragments, then after you get the fragments, you have to get the bounties. After you get the bounties, you gotta stand around. People are like, but Lono, that's a sequence of grind. Yep, and you know where the train falls off the rails? The benefit that you get from getting one enhancement core, or what is it, six? Six enhancement cores from that grind. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things, you know. The Summit ran about CFDs is similar. He doesn't care about the 20% that he talks about. He just wants to bash Xbox players so they don't buy his arguments. Oh, how like console players can avoid PvP players? Yeah, well, I mean, he brought he's one of the he's one of the things that brought that about. When you basically go in and abuse the system and bully players, like having having people in servers holding space for you so you can just constantly drop in and completely ruin people's days. Like, what, he think he was going to live on that on that horse forever? Like, come on, man. The, the rest of the community has to enjoy the game, too. It's not just your bully playground. 
That's why I see if these is going to consistently have the problems that it has. Is your progress and your work can get completely undone, and you can't just shrug your shoulders and be like, it's a pirate game. It's called Sea of Thieves. Yeah, sweet. I just came home from work to relax, and I threw two hours of my life down the drain. Do you think I'm going to come back and play your freaking game again after that? No, I'm not. I play games to relax, not get angry about getting bullied in a video game where the progress doesn't even lead to anything that tangibly exciting. What, cosmetic upgrades to your gun and your boat? Oh my gosh, be still my beating heart. Like, those are my rewards for the hours of grind you can put into Sea of Thieves, and all it takes is one person to ruin that? Like, no thanks, dude. No, no, thank you. And... And artificial grind is like that, right? It's a similar idea to what we just talked about with Sea of Thieves. It's like, oh, you you want to spend all this time doing this and getting this thing? Yeah, it's a marginal change to your not even really your experience, right? It's a it's a it's a different banner for your ship. It's a different color for your gun. Just you know what I mean? I'm not sure how you defend PVE only players and CFDs and hate on PVP players wanting balances affects PVE and Destiny. Those things are not even remotely connected, Proteus. Look, when when I play, it's it, they're actually quite connected. When I play PVE in Destiny, I don't want PVE being hurt by PVP. And when I play a game like Sea of Thieves, it's very clear that. The grind is not for any PvP benefits. I'm not getting stronger boats. I'm not getting stronger weapons. I'm not getting faster boats. I'm literally getting cosmetics. That's what you're grinding for in Sea of Thieves. And PvP-minded players come into that environment and completely ruin yourself, right? Completely ruin your day. It's the same thing happening in Destiny. It's like, oh, sweet, we got all this dope stuff in PvE. They had all these great supers. And then the PvP guys come over like, yeah, but it breaks PvP, so have fun with your shards of Galanor and your blade barrage after it gets nerfed. And it's like, well, thanks for your perspective and your experience and your sentimentality now coming over and hurting my side of the game. It's very, very similar. Um, So... I think they're. I think they are, in fact, in some respects, related, and it just shows how when you try to have a game that appeals to both, it ends up hurting the game's identity. And I think Sea of Thieves, when people look at it, it has a very casual, very laid-back, cartoony look to it. But the grind's ridiculously hardcore, and the PvP aspect is so trollish. It's so like, it's like competitive, and it's, 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 it's a game where I can get a, a gold or ruby diamond for my gun and like that's what I get for hours of my work and I get that progress completely stunted if I run into someone like Summit and I'm not bashing his way of playing like he took something and he ran with it and it got really popular but you can't expect to abuse a player base like that and and, and have that last for forever people aren't going to put up with that watching you oh who's you got a server for me yeah sweet and then they then he loads in and they and they take him they, they take him to work you know they work him over and steal all their stuff the average player doesn't have the advantages that a streamer has because you can't do that you can't just have people you know holding place for you so you can server hop I mean that's that that's essentially why it became a huge problem. So, uh, anyone agree? Blade Barrage seems easy to use, and you can get endless super. No, Blade Barrage is not uh is not easy to use, and you get endless supers. It got it got nerfed into the ground. 
you know it's such a minority though yeah but i mean how many people then started playing how many people started playing sea of thieves with that mentality let's just go hunting let's let's do everything we can to find folks that are working on stuff and just ruin their day you want to mimic what the what the person that you watch playing right that's why when you play fortnite there's mini tifus everywhere it's the same idea it spreads you know People did that from the beginning, right? And you don't think it became more rampant after one of the most watched streamers on the platform was doing it every single night? Don't kid yourself. Of course, it was it was it was a hundred percent it was it was a hundred percent happening in greater numbers because of the streaming the streaming influence. There were people that played and built like Tifu, but once Tifu started doing the crowning with the pyramids and all that other stuff, he started doing. You started seeing that everywhere. Every time a summer skirmish would end, I started seeing so much of the playstyles replicated in in Fortnite. It's the same idea. It's the exact same idea. That's why streaming and trials and 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 the meta in PvP and in Destiny always spread like wildfire because you'd watch the best of the best players use the Wormwood sidearm and it became a joke and like every, and then it spreads. That's how it works. They have influence. Credible Hulk. How is uh, your brother Holtzman doing and why do you have better hair than he does? This is not a serious question. So um, I'm going to ban you because I'm tired of you doing this. You did this yesterday, so don't come back. Don't submit fake questions. You were told not to do this yesterday. That's a perma. T-Funk, do you think turning exotics into pinnacle legendaries uh, will go against wearing multiple exotics? Also, do you think this would hurt power creep? I actually think that the the way that I've the way that I've set up like old exotics old exotics coming into the game as a pinnacle legendary it wouldn't be identical like let's just take graviton lance as an example okay if they brought some type of pulse rifle that was obviously influenced by this gun. Maybe it looked similar. Maybe it even had Graviton in the name. Well, it would have inferior stats to this gun. Maybe inferior base stats. But it would could roll. A pinnacle roll could roll with Cosmology. Cosmology is not going to make it feel like you have multiple exotics equipped. Right? It's, gonna, it's, it's not going to feel that way. Cosmology is not that strong. Even Black Hole. It could come with both. I don't honestly think I don't honestly think that that would be would be a humongous problem. And again, there would be like a it wouldn't be as strong or as good. Maybe stability wouldn't be maxed. Maybe range handling and reload would be slightly lower. If it had a sense of inferiority to the Graviton Lance with respect to its base stats, and again, random roll, you'd be trying to get one, and when you finally got the pinnacle version to drop, it would look like the breakneck, right? It would go right across and have that that static roll. I, I happen to think that that would be totally fine. Now, power creep, again, power creep's not a problem anymore. We are at the we are at the ceiling of efficiency. You can kill ads and mini bosses and majors and shielded enemies about as fast as you possibly could. And as long as you're giving me a primary weapon like that that if it had black hole and cosmology on it, as long as it's meeting the efficiency of like the midnight coup and the breakneck and a god roll warden's law, if they're all equal in efficiency, then it doesn't matter. It's not power creep you would be picking something according to preference 
it wouldn't be like right now you feel almost pigeonholed into a handful of primaries a handful of power weapons and a handful of secondary weapons there's no interchange where is the where is the fusion rifle that's as good where is the fusion rifle that's as good as the as the um the the high rate of fire shotguns where is it nowhere where is the where is the uh where are the heavy weapons right we talked about this before where are the heavy weapons that are equal to the heavy exotics in the game i just i feel like a lot of the times in in destiny what ends up happening is you end up with these guns that are pinnacle and then instead of matching those pinnacle guns so that people can have diversity in their loadout people feel like oh that's the only thing you can use right cheeto 86 thank you so much for the prime sub gw uh brandon your sub a little bit ago sorry i missed it because like i that's why i'm so frustrated with the loadout system right now is we're running so much like i can run this loadout but i'm i'm weaker right I'm weaker. I like I, I'm using a fusion rifle from the raid curated role and I'm weaker. I'd be better with a badlander. I'd be more versatile and more effective with the badlander. I'm using the avalanche which is fine, but I'd be better with the 1000 voices. I would never take the avalanche into any any environments where I want to do max damage to a boss because I would take the whisper with me, right? So if that so that's why like you could take the, you could take so many exotics and turn them into pinnacle weapons to chase and all it would turn into is is this it would just turn into what weapon do you want to use they're all they're all equal in efficiency right <clears throat> not everyone agrees with us some people like to play a pirate game where they steal from people some people want a pvp game even if it means pve people leave uh, the opposite is also true a lot of destiny players don't care if pvp dies off Right, I wasn't saying anybody was right or wrong. I was just saying when I say PvP whiners, like that's 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 an element to that's an element to the way that they that's an element to the way that they do PvP. Like that's their contribution to PvP is they whine about imbalance. And is it should they do that? Well, maybe they probably should. They probably should. They probably should add that to um, to the conversation, but that leads to things getting nerfed. That like it's a sim- it's a symptom of an underlying problem. PvP whiners about balance and exotics is, is a symptom of an underlying problem, right? It's an underlying problem. The game just shouldn't be so interwoven with itself. This is why we don't want PvP and Anthem. It would it would become a mess. So like. If, if people's feelings are getting hurt because I'm saying PvP whiners, I guess suck it up. I don't care, you know. And if and if people want to play, here here's the real real hypocrisy and contradiction for the people that love love PvP in in um in Sea of Thieves. The truth is they don't want PvP in Sea of Thieves. They want to beat up and pick on people that are playing the game as a PVE player. That's the truth. They don't want to go head-to-head with people PvP all day. That's not it. Their enjoyment is primarily derived from 
picking on people that are not playing with the PvP sentimentality. They're not going into Sea of Thieves to have a have a duke out with another pirate ship. They're not going in and having a shootout with another pirate ship. They're literally going in because they know there are tons of people in this game that are working on a quest, and I can steal from them. No risk, no reward. They don't have jack squat on their boat. They got nothing. They got no skin in the game. They could go get in a fight, go hijack their boat, steal all their stuff, and, and, uh... And then there's no risk. There's no risk. That's the problem. If they were going in and wanting to get involved in PvP, it would be a completely... Their demands and their requests would be 100% different. It'd be 100% different. Like, that's like that's like jumping into Destiny and being like, I'm going to shoot people that are coming back from their raid or their strike, and I'm going to attack them and steal their stuff. That's not PvP. That's not player versus player. You're, you're ambushing somebody. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. I'm saying don't act like you're asking for some actual, oh, I want PvP in Sea of Thieves. No, you don't. You, you pick on people that have stuff and you have nothing. That's part of the problem. That's an underlying intrinsic flaw in Sea of Thieves design. Is you and your buds boot up, hop on a boat, and you have no skin in the game, no risk, no loss. If you lose the fight and your and your ship sinks, no big deal. You had nothing on it. They have a boat filled to the brim with chests. They're they all they have everything at risk and all they're doing is probably working on some quest. If they bully that team and steal their stuff, they have skin in the game. At that point, they do, T-Funk. At that point. But their skin in the game at that point has been stolen from another team. And then at that point, they're probably able to, especially if they camp out the the, the drop-off points, they're right there. It's turning in. You know? Listen, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if you wanted PvP in, in... Sea of Thieves, that's not PvP. That's that's finding people that are in the midst of a PvE endeavor and stealing from them. PvP is you and me duking it out, playing against each other. That's PvP. Player versus player. Not players ambushing players. Arena mode's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Arena mode's coming out. And how many... Uh, watch. How many of the PvP-oriented players are going to go into an arena style where they can't steal loot from folks working on quests? Just what? We just wait and see. Just wait and see. <laughs> if all they do is go in and win a match or win a fight, and that's it, I, don't, I, I unless there's some type of ranking system or some type of way of earning loot, I guarantee you people won't be as they won't flock to it nearly as much. They enjoy the idea of like beating the snot out of a team and stealing their stuff and then taking it all back. Mm-mm-mm. Pro PC noob is that guy's name. What's up, bud? Mac, shouldn't each catalyst add a unique perk or at least one you can't normally get on the gun? Not just a stat boost makes us feel different. Well, sure. I mean, the whispered breathing one is a good example of this. If they were to do catalyst, I agree with you. I think it would be better. I think it would be better to have it to have it be more more bent on that than than just like a oh your stats go up a little bit more you know what i mean 
Time will tell, but I don't think we can speculate on the population, the potential population of Arena. I'll speculate on it all freaking day, bud. I just did. <laughs> I can and will speculate because of what I believe the game appeals. The, the appeal of Sea of Thieves, the way people play Sea of Thieves, the, the, like, the commonality between my experience and so many people's experiences in Sea of Thieves, is that is the type of, of player that is playing that. And I don't think an Arena mode will be nearly as popular as booting up with your buds and finding some team working on a quest and high-fiving as you steal two hours worth of their loot and work. I just, I don't think, uh, it's clear, it's clear both in the viewership, the response from the community, and the way people played the game even when it launched, that I don't think Arena will be nearly, I don't think it'll be nearly as popular as booting up and stealing from people. That sounds like those players should be playing a different game instead of asking a game to change its core. Well, all I'll say is this, the most, the most consistent feedback that they got during Sea of Thieves betas, most consistent feedback they got was players asking for PVE-only environments. Or at the very least, if I'm playing solo, please only fill the, please only fill, fill the server with solo players. Because a solo player against the duo is a freaking nightmare. And obviously squads that camp out the place, I mean, it's a 4v1 once you're on the ground. Your boat can outrun their boat, but if they camp the drop-off points, you're going to have a really, really hard time winning a shootout against four players, Right. Those are the most consistent pieces of feedback that they were given, and they just consistently came back with, it's a pirate game. Fine, it's a pirate game, and plenty of people that were interested in in, in Sea of Thieves, plenty of people that had put in time in the demo, don't play the game anymore, because that's what the experience is. I was looking forward forward to grinding that game. I was looking forward to grinding that game, but all it took were a couple play sessions where two hours of my life got wasted, and I was like, see you later, bye, zero interest in this being, zero interest in this being a potential outcome of me grinding a quest. Zero interest. So. Button Mantra. Apex Legends has 225k Twitch viewers, Fortnite has 70, Destiny has 3. Do you think these figures reflect more the quality of the individual games, quality of marking, or is it new kid on the blocked effect? There are layers upon layers to what's going on. I mean, at a ground level, you have all of the all of the big streamers taking their ginormous audiences and and funneling them into into you know Apex Legends. So I mean that's gonna that that plays an enormous role. Fortnite turned so many streamers into into gods on the platform. So when they drag their giant viewership base over to a directory on that, it's like a bunch of mini lyrics streaming your game. Lyrics always been able to do that. Heavy hitters have always been able to drag a game to the top. When you have all these miniature gods on the platform, miniature leviathans taking their streams over, of course the viewership skyrockets. Fortnite's not in any trouble by any means. They're very different games. They have very different appeals. And plenty of those streamers are not going to walk away from the lucrative nature of Fortnite for themselves. Absolutely no. Now, their streams might benefit from changing things up because Fortnite will feel a little bit more fresh and they might be a little less likely to get so frustrated and burned out. I don't think Apex is going to have the staying power to hold number one for very long. I think it'll settle into a top five, top ten position, and the competitive scene is where they need to invest. Apex needs to invest in the competitive scene because Fortnite has failed to respect their competitive crowd their last three or four tournaments. They have completely abused the tournament landscape with their silly gimmicks, and it may come back to bite them right on the rear.
it may it may end up really really hurting them in the long run now that doesn't mean they can't make really smart pivots they've learned a lot fortnite's in a very privileged position they've done so much testing so much experimentation they could launch a competitive a competitive mode where tournaments can set their own rules set their own landscapes and really come up with a very very balanced competitive landscape and then they could kind of come ba- they could kind of bounce back they have learned they, they the the information that they have okay the information that they have is a mountain i mean an absolute mountain compared uh to what what apex knows right now so that advantage right that advantage is just enormous in 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 the conversation so they they could they could really really I think they could bounce back I really do I think they could I think they could really say okay you know we're gonna we're gonna take this we're gonna do this we're gonna make these adjustments and here's your competitive mode that people have been asking for and I think that would draw so many of the streamers back so many of the streamers back because they'd be like oh wait what you're actually gonna make it truly balanced and truly competitive apex has got a long way to go they've got tiered armor they've got abilities that need balanced they've got a long way to go they're off to an amazing start and i think respawn has a track record of listening to the comp scene very well so we'll see their titanfall comp scene was excellent um a tweet went out from their devs yesterday saying no one is on ad today. Apex had 325k viewers. Yeah, because it's a fun game. They all got paid and flown out and they got paid to promote it. That part's over. They like the game. What did I tell you when they all came back? What did I tell you? I said, they're not making generic hype statements about Apex Legends. They're making qualitative statements. Read between the lines. When Myth, Lupo, Shroud, all these guys are making qualitative statements about the quality of Apex Legends, I was like, it's probably going to be a really good game. If it was a bunch of generic fluff, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, we had a good time. I can't wait to show you guys this game. Then I would have been like, eh, let's wait and see. But BR streamer after BR streamer said they made qualitative statements about how good it was, how solid that the game was. I was like, this game's probably going to be very, very good. Um, and it's been, and it's, and it's doing, it's doing very, very well. It's got a lot of promise. It's got a lot of promise and it's got a good, it's got a very, very good developer behind it. Everyone has always sung the praises of Titanfall and how solid it ran, how great the PVP was. That's the kind of developer you want behind a game like this. RPG 071. You say that catalysts don't really justify a grind, but all exotic weapons I have catalysts on are vastly improved. Example, accurate shotgun from two in the chamber to six with the massive reload butt. Isn't that increase justifiable? Um, you say all of the exotic weapons have a catalyst that are vastly improved? I mean, I, I, I disagree. That's subjective, right? We have different opinions on this. I don't think the catalyst on some of these weapons did anything that significant. Some of them, it's marginal at best. It, it, it's, 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 some of them is very, very good, but like Prometheus Lens, eh. Cold Heart, not bad. Graviton Lance, eh. Chaining Kills on Sunshot, eh. You know, yeah, Mida adds outlaw. Like, do you need outlaw on a gun with max reload? You see what I'm saying? Like, some of the catalysts are just a joke. They don't really do anything. But other catalysts do make significant changes to the way the gun handles. Like, whisper breathing would be a good example of that. Heavy Metal Mama. Do you think 
the issue with armor is the fact that the majority of the armor sets look samey. The armor we got in D1 with all the raids launched was amazing. I've gotten this feedback a lot lately, and I don't know where folks are coming from. Um, the Leviathan armor, Eater of Worlds armor, the, the raid layer armor does look samey, but like the raid, la- the raid armor for Last Wish I think looks cool and is way different than Scourge of the Past. Just those three raids, those four sets alone. Leviathan, the layers, and then Last Wish, and then Scourge, those four sets look vastly different. Now, the two layers, Eater of Worlds and Spire of Stars, are samey, but I don't think you could make an argument that they're samey at all. You could probably get out, like, geometry and just talk about the geometric differences between them. They look very, very different. Then look at all the armor sets for Gambit. Look at the armor sets for the, for the, for the Vanguard. They're so, so different. Um, and then you got stuff like this, like the Tangled Web stuff looks really cool. Um, I don't think any of the armor sets in this look samey at all. I, I don't, when I hear people say they think the armor in D2 looks inferior to the D1 armor, I think that's nostalgia talking. Now, Asia Triumph, okay, this stuff looks pretty freaking dope. Up to that moment, the Wrath armor was cool, but like, Vog armor was armor that was already in the game, wasn't it? They just changed the color, didn't they? Or at least the guns were that way. I know the guns were that way. There were already guns that looked like those guns in the game. They just turned them, they were like brown. Um, Riven Gear is a blue remake. Riven Gear is a blue remake. I'm, I have, no. It is? I mean, it might be, uh, yeah, there might be boots that look similar to this, but that, that, those flourishes on there, you can't get boots that look like that anywhere else. I don't think so. Tangled Web is Prison of Elders gear. Oh, the Reverie Dawn stuff. Reverie Dawn. Sorry, you said Riven. Um... I just, again, it's subjective, so you may have this really fond memory of all the armor in D1. I just don't think the D1 armor looked nearly... I, I never looked like this in D1. I, I look at my character, I never looked like that. Ever. The color, the like the different textures, the, 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 me, the different types of metals that they use, the different... The, the, and then, being able to come in here and do individual shaders per piece, the way that shaders apply is far more, I feel like, far more elaborate, far more involved than the shaders in D1. I I don't know. I, I don't feel like we represent a lot of the differences from D1 to D2 accurately. Um, Age of Triumph, sure, but those were ornaments, and those were all recycled, so... I love the way Age of Triumph armor looked. Don't get me wrong. I thought the King's Fall stuff looked awesome. Like, very, very awesome. Um, I just, I don't know. I, saying that this stuff all looks samey, I think is is inaccurate. I think that they, there are a ton of armor sets in this game that look completely different than each other. And saying that, like, oh, Reverie Dawn is blue armor. Okay, you're not, now that's a separate subject. We're not talking about that. We're talking about saying that the armor sets look samey. I don't think they look samey at all. Um, I think they, they look quite a bit different um, than each other. Just the planetary armor alone looks very different comparatively um, than than the to, than each other. You know, look at the Titan set versus the IO set. Look at the EZZ set versus the Nessus set. They look vastly different from each other. Um, 
train 2929 it took me four months to get the sleeper catalyst to drop in SOS prestige I finally got it my goodness it needs to be fixed for sure three times a week oh yeah I mean that's another reason why I think it's a stupid grind it's just dumb it's like what you limit it and it's not a fun environment like we we they, the, the, the the community as far as I could say pretty not not unanimously it was pretty universal that the that the, the the curated loadouts was not something that folks enjoyed um, I didn't get the impression that it went over that well so uh, Killer Whitman hey Lono I know this isn't Destiny related but I can't stop thinking about Apex what are your thoughts on it I already kind of outlined my thoughts on it I'm not, I'm not doing that in this questionnaire you guys know not to do that you even admitted at the beginning of the question don't ask me questions about other games I get off on tangents on Sea of Thieves and stuff because it was related to like PvP and PvE not existing harmoniously but like I don't want to talk about Apex I kind of already did because we were talking about that in Fortnite we're, we're getting a lot of sidetrack questions in here maybe we need to do like a, just a random once a week AMA or like a generic game gaming news uh, SNTR to give you guys a chance to ask these questions um, but mantra anyone have an idea what the ratio is of questions asked to questions answered on this stream please I mean why are these questions getting through JD Gamer with Bungie releasing old exotic catalyst do you believe we will have exotic catalyst drop inside the new raid in June no I actually answered this in the talk but you might not have been here for it I don't think catalysts are going to continue on I think it was a band-aid shocks 427 Exotic ornaments should tweak exotic perks. Colony grenades produce less spiders, but each spider leaves fire trail. Thoughts? I mean, you could do that, or like someone else said earlier, it should add something new, you know, like whisper breathing. You know, that is that is a change in how the gun uh, functions. So I, I think you go either way, but given that I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of these coming through, I don't think there's going to be a lot of these, they're not going to proceed with the exotic catalyst thing. I'll gladly be wrong, like if they want to make exotics cooler and do cooler things with catalysts, then I'll gladly be wrong. I just don't think it's going to be something that they lean into. Um, I think they're going to more and more lean into the way that the, the way that the role system curated role that system and the bounty system with ada i think is the future of the content uh and how they structure things it just feels better i don't know it feels better lxl how about for catalyst on exotics have to masterwork or upgrade them to a certain point at which the catalyst would become available to unlock right like you initiate it yeah i would be okay with something like this too like i don't like catalyst being an rng drop especially when Oh, sweet. I worked on the sleeper and I got the sleeper. Oh, and if I want the catalyst, I have to go run a six-man activity that is not really relevant anymore. Um, You know? I don't know. I think there's something to be said about the relevancy of the content and the the requirement of people needing to go in with six players and RNG. I just, I don't know. I don't like that. I think that that's a poor execution and the, and, and distribution of the catalyst and it could have been done, uh, could have been done a whole lot better in my in my opinion, people might disagree and say, no, those are really strong weapons. They're really strong catalysts. They should be in there. They should be RNG. Um, I don't know. I, getting an exotic is exciting. And then being like, oh, it's got a catalyst, but I can't get the catalyst without a team and, and good RNG. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that at all. Uh, York Fofo, you mentioned not liking Catalyst Lock behind raids. What's your opinion on the Whisper being time gated? It's not time gated anymore. So this question was relevant to when it was time gated 
Uh, but it's not time game anymore. You can do Whisper anytime you want. It's uh, just go and do the public event thing that needs to be done in IO, on IO, and then go get the thing. Uh, and then go get the catalyst. Now, Whisper Catalyst is time gated. Oh, you know what? You're right, because you need the singes. You need the different singes each week. Yeah, that's not that big of a deal, though. Like, that's that's a, that's procedural. It's not RNG, right? It's not RNG. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, the singes are for the ship? Wait, how is it time gated then? How is the catalyst time gated? I'm confused. Do you, you can only get X percentage of material each week. That's what it is. Sorry. Okay, I'm getting it all confused. I've not done that in in ages. I got I got I got turned around on on how it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm okay with that though, because that's that's an investment. That's like the idea that I put out there about about Zer having uh, exotic uh, bounties and exotic quests and exotic mysteries. You would procedurally unlock each thing each week. So the whisper each week you do it, you invest it, you get the essence, and then eventually you unlock it. That I think is totally fine. That's not RNG based. That's not that's not even remotely the same as what what we're talking about with like RNG and needing a six man team and everything else. Um, I think that is a a very very different scenario. J. Christ, I notice the majority of players I inspect have no synergy between their weapons and armor. Uh, is that just an uninformed player base? I mean, dude, I didn't, I didn't know Jack Squat back when I played. If you guys would have investigated, if you guys would have, um, you know, inspected me during, you know, my D1 days, you'd have been like, this guy doesn't know what the frick he's doing. Like, what is he doing? And I, that was just I, the game doesn't explain a lot of things to you. It doesn't tell you how certain things work. It doesn't tell you what 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 abilities are good, what abilities are bad. A lot of that you just kind of have to learn on your own. And that's there's a good and bad to that, right? People can feel like they don't really know how to have a good build, and that's why they use YouTube. That's why they use streamers. They ask them. Uh, I don't think there's necessarily a problem with that. I think the learning element can make it feel a little bit more rewarding. But I definitely feel like there could be more. There could be more training or tutorials or things on like these are why these perks pair well together you know little little tips and hints and UI elements that could let you know that you know one weapon and I mean some of you just have to read and learn though do you really need somebody to explain to you why rampage stacking up to three and then pairing with outlaw is a good pairing do you need that explained to you I don't think you do I don't know Stormcrow. I haven't even gotten charged yet. I never got to experience it when it was good in PvE because of the PvP nerf. I'm so glad Anthem doesn't have PvP. I hope Destiny figures out some way to stop making PvP make me feel weak in PvE. Right. I mean that you're 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 having the experience I had with Suros Regime. Yay! I finally got the Suros Suros Regime a week after they nerfed it. Awesome, dude. Just that's just freaking great. That is so you know. I wanted to pull my hair out. I was so mad. Uh, Avenge 86. I know you said Anthem won't kill Destiny, but based on how you uh, on what you are saying, Anthem is superior in every aspect. E.g., you said Anthem has a deeper end game. I said it had a broader end game. Uh, can you outline some respects in which you think Destiny is better than Anthem? Uh, Destiny's loot is more singularly exciting, and what I mean by that is it's very clear when you get an awesome piece of gear in Destiny. Uh, when you have tiers of loot in Anthem, it's not as exciting. You've gotten used to Mortar Strike, and now you just have one 
that's stronger, okay? That's not as exciting. It is exciting, but it's exciting in a different way. It's not the same as when you get a great weapon, right? Very, very different. And, you know, it also doesn't have the crispy the crispy shooting that, that this game has, which isn't a mark against it, but that's something that you're never going to get anywhere else. You get that in Destiny. You're not going to feel the way you feel in this game in Division. You're not going to feel the way you feel in this game in Anthem. So that feeling isn't there. The loot being just singularly awesome, right? Is is very, very different in a game where by the time you're top tier in Anthem, you're going to have like a legendary version of Railgun and, I don't know, Flamethrower. Well, I mean, it's going to have flavor text and maybe do some cool new things, but you've been using Flamethrower and Railgun for all, for the whole time. That's why I keep saying Destiny's just really, really invest in variety on the weapons, and as long as they, as long as they feel like they're at the ceiling of efficiency, then I can change up my loadout, feel different, and that's one of the things that Anthem does well, right? Is you can, you can say, oh, I don't want to run Railgun and Flamethrower anymore. I want to run, I don't know, Missile and 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 something else. I don't, I don't have all those memorized yet. So, you know, even though we haven't seen all the loot in Anthem, I just think it's a very, very different excitement factor about the loot. 1K Voices, Sleeper, Whisper, you know, the Breakneck, uh, getting a great roll on the threat level. These are weapons that when you get them, like, that weapon is great. You haven't been using, unless you had the Icolos, you haven't been using a shotgun like the threat level until you get it, you know? You don't, that, that having... Having that perk on there is is super super dope. Um, I think Destiny is got the 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 way they do raids uh, is exciting and unique. And you're I don't know if you're ever going to really have that experience in a third person abilities sort of focused game like Anthem. I think Anthem raids could probably be really really cool. But I also think that d- you you're never really going to repeat King's Fall, Vog, even last wi- even last wish and Scourge are real, real unique in the experience of the player and the viewer. Um, saving Annihilator. Don't you feel we've had better perk variety if we didn't have damage-increasing perks such as Kill Clip and Rampage from the get-go? Well, I mean, in the past, you went for perks that affected the efficiency of the weapon just in different ways. So you wanted, like, stability and reload, you know, on a pulse was generally where people would land. Um, and then you would, you know, that that's kind of where you would land. You want to be super stable and have great range. Well, I mean, the differences between the, the, the between them back then, I think there's a danger in saying, don't put really great perks in the game because then that's all we chase, right? Well, what do you mean? You know, don't put damage-changing perks in the game because that's all we're going to chase. That's all we're going to want. Well, I mean, couldn't they do more really, really great perks? The perk differences in D1 were marginal at best. Like, you would go for something that does stability, hand laid stock or brace frame, and then you'd try and get something that would increase reload. So, like, the difference between, like, a god roll and a, and a good roll, I mean, was it that dramatic? I don't think it was in D1. It was on a shotgun, but that was because shotguns having insane extra range... Uh, 
you could argue almost broke the weapons. <laughs> you know, a map, a door, or a party crasher, one version over another was dramatically different in how far away you could freaking kill somebody. I mean, that's that's significant. That's that's going to change the flow of the game. Um, that's going to change combat. But a lot of the times, like, the difference between a good roll and a god roll on, like, a pulse in Destiny 1... It was marginal. It was like, oh, this one has a little bit better stability. This one has a little bit faster reload. Hand cannons, there was definitely a big difference in the rolls, but even that I don't think is... I don't know. I think the better thing to do is to add really, really strong perks, and then you kind of pick between the two. Like I've said many times, as long as I'm rivaling the efficiency of a great you know, rampage weapon like the Onslaught, as long as I can rival it and have a gun that competes with it, that's all that matters. Just make the gun feel unique. You know, make the gun feel awesome. Jotun's kind of there, right? Jotun kind of hits that mid-tier, pretty awesome weapon feel, but I don't feel like I'm sacrificing it. So now it's an exotic, sure, but still, you get the point. You can add weapons that are super strong. Um... As long as they match. Pog me. Do you think once you unlock the fortress to be unlocked on all characters? Yes, I do think that. Tubbo, what about the argument that they are trying to make supers fair across classes? Like Titans don't have an exotic that automatically gives them full super again. Um, just balance across the game instead of the game against PvP. I don't. Don't you think it's a little broken to be able to have a fully charged super back instantly? No, it's not. Because. Ophidius Spath, um, not Ophidius Spath, I'm sorry, Orpheus Riggs gives you your tether right back, and that was celebrated as a great perk. You know, there there are, there are, there's the, the, the skull of the Dire Ahamkara for the, I think that's what it's called, for the, the Warlock. I was running that and having a blast getting my super back. No. It's, it's PvP's fault. Nobody looked at PvE and said, Oh, this is stupid, man. You get your super back. That's not fair. Nobody was saying that. Nobody says that in PvE, you know? Ursa Furiosa lets you get your super back. Um, so, no, Titans do have a super that you can get back if used properly. And you can have an internal super on the Titan now. On the bottom tree of Striker, and you can have an eternal super, a really long super, with like Doomfang pauldrons. I don't think anybody's going in the, into PVE and saying we need to we need to balance shards, man. What the frick, dude? They're getting their super back right away. I I don't know. I I don't I just don't think PVE operates that way. The, PVE has always been what's the strong build? Let's run that build. Oh, Ursa got destroyed? Frick. See, like, I, that's the problem is if you're going to try and argue that they were trying to balance the classes across PvE and you're going to use Titans as an example, well, then there's so much contradiction in that position. Like, Titans now have an Eternal Striker, an Eternal Striker super, but then Ursa gets nerfed into the ground and Shards gets nerfed into the ground. It's like, so what are we just picking supers to make awesome and other supers to make less awesome just cuz? Like, I don't understand. I saw a clip from Frostbolt. He's just running around with that Striker super for forever. And I'm like, that's like incredibly crazy and silly. Why is he able to do that? You know, why is that, why is that super now getting the preferential treatment? It's like they take turn making supers like their favorite kid. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Ursa's got nerfed a while back. I don't remember when it happened. 
Wolfal, do you think nerf should be a last resort instead look at buffs and changes elsewhere to make build more diverse? Well, the, Bungie needs to pick a side. They need to pick a side. They said in that one trailer, we're not going to be nerfing anything. Where where did that go? Where'd my homie Hamrick go with the, with him sitting there with Greg and saying, we're not nerfing stuff? We're, like, where, where did that mentality go? I don't understand. Did I miss some subs? Simply 33 Chiodo and Nicartos with the with the subs. Thank you so much. They they've now gone through and completely obliterated supers that people were enjoying, and it's all PvP's fault. It's just really, really frustrating. I I can't I, I feel like I need to do a, a talk just about the nerfs. Just about the nerfs and talk about stop nerfing. We weren't supposed to be we're supposed to be in season of in season of power and we're not nerfing stuff anymore. We're not going to nerf these things. Was the, was literally the statement made in that one vid doc, and it didn't take long for that to become not true. Evil clown, do you think season of the drifter or the season after? Do you think we will see No Land Beyond come back? Uh, zero. I have no clue, man. Uh, Gabster, do you think there should be catalysts for weapons that are powerful, like One K Voices, Ace of Spades, Last Word? Um that are very powerful like 1k voices last ace of spades last word oh 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 catalyst on weapons that are really powerful that's part of the problem is those are weapons that feel very very well rounded 1k got nerfed yay but on pc it needs to be brought back up to where it was it it's it's that weapon should be a whole lot stronger than it is it's still a great weapon i mean i should i should probably use it before i say that um let's try it a couple rounds in here and see how good it is on the boss uh, I don't think those we- <clears throat> I don't think those weapons need catalysts. No. Oroboros says, "Have you answered any questions about creating catalysts for armor pieces?" Yes, I talked about that in my video. Are you using Ophidia space? Yes, I am. Do you think that exotic catalysts are essentially unlockable pinnacle roles for exotics? And do catalysts uh, even make the gun viable despite the effort? It made some guns really, really good, and it made some guns like marginally different. Vinity Arts, do you have any ideas for some year two catalysts? I feel like some guns could really use them. I, I don't. I don't want to invest in the exotics because I don't think they have a future. I think a lot of the exotics are are in the dustbin permanently because you can't make them. You can only kill trash ads and, and mid-tier ads so fast, and most of those guns either barely touch the surface of like the efficiency of a lot of the primaries in the game, or they just match, or they just match them. Um, and I think that's generally where it lands. I think that's generally where it lands. Nah, no Nami. What do you think about the last word catalyst uh, should be? I don't think it needs one. One-eyed mask. How do you see Bungie moving forward after the annual pass? Mark Noseworthy quoting and retweeting the Nintendo tweet about delaying a game is better than a rush game. I don't see how they can produce a September expansion while working on D3. With less staff and no Activision support, uh, I don't want another year of annual pass stuff, but it's what I expect. Cheers. Right, I definitely think there's going to be an element of that, right? I definitely think there's going to be an element of that. There's ne- there's going to be a... We're going to have to have a thinner content delivery for a while. I, I don't think... I don't think you're going to be able to give us the level of content uh, that, that we got, that we were getting, and the... The, the idea and the dilemma is, right? Here's the dilemma. Why do we need... Why do we need them to take a break? That's the question. And how can they communicate that need to take a break? 
how can they communicate that need to take a break without it sounding like they're making excuses a lot of times when developers open up about this kind of stuff people rip them a new one if Bungie were to come out and say our plan was to continue to deliver you know, substantive content that was then supplemented by annual pass content. We're not going to be able to do that if we want to make Destiny 3 the next Destiny game, the game that we want it to be. If they come out and say that, it may be well-received. It may not. The gaming community is really unpredictable. People could take that and be like, they're just making excuses. This is lazy. Give us content. Or people might say, you know what? If the, if, the, if the next game is significantly better and you guys take this time, then it better be good. Right? That puts a lot of pressure on them, right? That's almost like passive hype. The next game better be freaking mind-blowing. It's such a delicate exchange of information. Developers do not like talking to the public. They don't. They do not like talking to the public. And the reason they don't like talking to the public is because when they do... They end up having things get misconstrued. They end up having things... All you have to do... All you have to do is look at how they launched... Look at how they launched Apex Legacy. They launched that game... And they didn't let anybody know it was coming... Because they knew it would have been killed before it got out. That reality is so poignant and important right now. Like, think about what they're saying. You guys are all playing a game praising a game and loving a game that you would have killed had we promoted it before it launched so the gaming community and the destiny community could murder the next destiny game we have the power to murder the next game if they don't couch their announcements and their information about it properly we're cutting off the lines of communication and the value that we could have from good transparency from good transparency to good information flow we're potentially ending we're potentially cutting those lines of communication with with what's if you look at anthem and you look at apex legends and you look at the difference in the flow of information you look at the difference in how one is is being received and one's being maligned it's very clear that yes apex would have been completely destroyed Oh, it's attached to EA. Oh, there's loot boxes. It would have been a... The game would have never gotten off the ground. The internal leaks that came out about that game, that is why they said zero. They didn't say anything about the game. There's an actual marketing strategic reason behind the way Apex Legends launched. Look at Anthem. Look at Apex Legends. Apex Legends has loot boxes in it. The, the most hated version of microtransactions is in Apex Legends. Now, Respawn's very tasteful about it. They have a punch-out system. You're not supposed to get dupes. That's what I've heard. That's actually good. That's more respectful of the player. But still, people would have gone nuts. They would have ripped the game to shreds. Anthem has microtransactions that are not forced on you. You can earn anything in the game. Everything can be earned, and all future story and DLC ads are free and none of that freaking matters because you got a picture of a $20 skin and Anthem's been in the fire and in the frying pan because of that crap it's free though Anthem is 60 that's but that's not the point that's not the point that's not the point. If if Bungie doesn't handle the flow of information properly about how they're going to build Destiny 3, how they're going to continue to feed us gameplay and, and experiences in Destiny 2, if they don't handle that properly, they're going to get treated just like Anthem has been treated. 
unbridled, untethered, uninformed, ignorant hate because that makes people feel powerful on the internet. People say the most illogical things, the most inane things on the internet, but if it's fueled with hyperbole and and, and hate-charged words, like charged-up words, well, then they feel powerful, and it's not, that's all they need. That doesn't need to be accurate, right, or informed with facts, you know? Just look at the guy that constantly tweets about me on Twitter. He doesn't even make sense half the times. In one minute, he's making fun of a game, and the next minute, he's saying I'm praising it, and the next minute, he's saying I'm hating it. He's totally off the rails, but it makes him feel powerful to hate on me, just like it makes people feel powerful to hate on Anthem. It's uninformed, ignorant, mindless, just mob mentality. And we stand in a position of power to help games become better, but that power also, great power comes with great responsibility. That power, we also have the power to murder games before they get out of the starting blocks. You know? A free game and then spend $60 is somewhat better than $60 game with earnable stuff. Come on. Right, like, (laughs) it's just mind-blowing. Well, Fortnite's free. Okay, once you spend $60 in cosmetics, what, what, you're you're somehow still in the green? You've still, you spent 60 if you buy three skins from Fortnite. Sir Omega Alpha. How do you think equipping two exotics anywhere would impact PvE? I don't want to be able to equip more than one exotic. I think that intrinsic pain point is good. Uh, Eno Killer B. Do you think things getting needed because of PvP is the player's fault or just the way Bungie decides to nerf or fix certain items? Um, do you think things getting needed, uh, things getting nerfed because of PvP is the player's fault or just the way Bungie decides to nerf or fix certain items? I blame Bungie because they can't separate the sandbox. That's on them. I give them a pass sometimes. I'm like, look, I get it. It's hard. You're, you're working in old tech. You know, it's difficult to tweak one item in one side of the game. But that's their fault. They they built, they made this bed. They made this bed. They have to lay in it. Like, they're the ones who built the game this way. They're the ones who tacked PvP onto a PvE game. You know, that's on them. That's not on the players. When I say whining PvP players, what I mean is that is a symptom of what they've done. They've built a PvE game that corrupts PvP balance. That is their fault every time. That's their fault, you know. And they're the ones that have to try to figure out the path forward. Uh, Nikar, uh, Galaxy Beams of six months, thank you so much. Uh, uh, what's going on here? I can't scroll. Modest Clown. What do you think uh, Bungie should do about year one armor and factions? I think they should come back in a creative way and a good grind with 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 pinnacle rolls on the gear. J. Chris, can you explain min-max to someone who doesn't understand that? Min-maxing is when you are tweaking the stats of your build, you're minimizing some stats and maximizing other. So a really, really easy and accessible example would be in a very basic RPG, if you lower your health, but you maximize your strength. So you're hitting harder, but that's at the cost of like your health or your stamina. You're lowering one stat and you're raising another. You're min-maxing. You're going into environments where that's necessary only if having the the right crafted stats and build is has a tangible and visible benefit. It's like, oh, well, now that I'm really, really high on this refresh rate and this strength, I did sacrifice this over here, but this is more in line with the content that I'm playing. That's min-max. Uh, Bird Jeebus, should pinnacle perks be dropped into the loot pool? Example, breakneck, increase of rate of fire on kills. This would still keep pinnacle weapons good because there's a guarantee to obtain them. 
I mean, I think they could bring some of them back. I think Desperado needs to come back on a pinnacle pulse that can be grinded for. But I, I don't think you want to go too far. Onslaught and Luna's Howl, a Magnificent Howl and things like that. I don't think you want those things to be uh, to be obtainable just in the generic loot pool. Pitbull says... Uh, whenever I try to start the Black Armory Forge machine gun frame quest, it keeps going back and forth, loading into the strike and saying I completed it. Not sure what to do. Any help would be awesome. Your best bet would be the forums or Bungie support. I, uh, I, I can't help you with that. I don't know. I'm not Bungie tech support and I have no idea why that's happening to you. Someone in chat may be able to assist you. Someone in chat may be able to assist you. That might be something that somebody knows about. I've never heard of what you're talking about. Um... Rex says, going into D3, do you think stats like stamina, strength, ETC should matter? For example, hunters having much more stamina. Man, they've always worked within a very, very, a very, very thin differences between the classes. Like, if you play Interceptor and Colossus in, in Anthem, there's this humongous difference. The difference between Titan and a hunter is how you jump in your super. Like, you're not like, oh, you're way faster. Oh, you're way tankier. They've never really gone into that. It'd be cool if they could. If they take D3 down a more traditional RPG route, that definitely could be something that they do. So, that's going to do it for the questions, guys. Thank you so much for so many great questions. That was a lot. That was a lot of good stuff uh, in there. As always, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, uh, or follow me on Twitter at say no rage. I'm probably live right now. Come on and hang out. If you're here live right now, don't go anywhere. Click the follow button if you enjoy this content. That is a, uh, that's a free and easy way to support what I do. Uh, just click that little heart button and we've got more discussions to be had we're going to talk about the Anthem Storm class some build guides, more Q&A and then Division 2 so don't go anywhere if you're listening to this in all the other occasions I appreciate you doing that please like, share, and subscribe